this is Future Diaries, a podcast from the future, from the future. Welcome to Future Diaries, the podcast that transcends space and time. I am Antonis. And I'm Mike. And we're intertemporal gliders. We search for and share stories across the multiverse, aiming to inspire listeners to build better presents and futures. And I'm Caitlin, an intratemporal scribe. I aim to make the stories we encounter relatable to audiences across the multiverse. In our last episode, we heard from Dylan, a human sensitive storytelling specialist visiting Titan. He told us about how the Titanians sensed something emanating from the Earth Symbiotic Information Blockchains, or SIBs for short. When the Titanians described SIBs to Earthlings, they soon realized that SIBs were the meaning emanating from the relations between humans, other species, and their environments. In other words, storytelling. For Titanians, storytelling proved to be a missing link in making sense of existence. After speaking with Dylan, we were intrigued to learn whether we could sense SIBs directly in our universes as well. So we began contacting folks from Dylan's universe and close parallel universes to learn what we could about sensing SIBs. As humans, we're only capable of observing SIBs indirectly through talking and listening to each other and ourselves in abstract thought. It wasn't until the Titanians pointed them out that we humans could see how they might exist tangibly in the universe. Fortunately, in one universe we tuned into, Earthlings were working with Titanians to create a Sibiscope or a Sibiphone. These technologies would allow them to make Sibs directly observable to humans. We started wondering whether someone in one of our universes could create something like that as well. I've always been fascinated by the technological side of our work. So once I heard about Sibiphones, I got straight to work building a prototype. It was quite a task, as SIBs are a completely different type of signal. I then moved on to making a multiversal interface. This way, we could connect it to our other intertemporal communications technologies. Ha, huh, yeah, I still remember the first time you fired it all up, the deafening cacophony of indistinguishable voices all talking over each other. Turns out that once you can sense SIBs, they're everywhere. The challenge is to tune into a single signal and tune out the noise. While fiddling with it one day, we stumbled across something that seemed so unusual, we thought we must have broken the Sibiphone. It was an entire narrative universe, where the fabric of reality is made up of narrative strands. And that's where we met our guest today. Our guest today is what's called a messenger in this narrative universe. As a messenger, he conveys meaning and connects stories by linking narrative strands and maintaining the information flow from one strand to the other. In fact, we only know him as the messenger. I really can't wait to ask him about his experiences making connections in a world of story and what his life as a messenger is like. This all sounds so fascinating. Well, shall we have a listen? Yes, please. Let's roll.
Today, I traveled to the edge. I wanted to meet her. Of course, words like today, traveling, edge and her are considered pretty archaic. But I like collecting and using archaic words before they are lost forever. I am what you would call a messenger. If the concept of you or me or messenger still existed, in a way it does or not. Thinking about this makes my head hurt after a while. I'll avoid dwelling on this from now on and just speak in the simplest way I can, regardless of whether a word or a concept is archaic. The purpose of my visit was simple enough. I wanted to hear a story. Stories are powerful. Stories give us purpose. They told me that she had the most fascinating stories. Things had been changing over centuries. But one thing that seemed constant was the power of stories. This was not surprising. After all, we lived in one. Yes, you heard that right. We live in a story. You can look at it in different ways, as many do. Narrative, imagination, randomized algorithm, and so on. There are, of course, constraints and safeguards. The time hawker is one of them. I met them today on my journey. I will tell you more about them later. The best part about being alive in a story is that you can keep creating your own. You can manifest your imagination in a variety of ways. Of course, being alive is another archaic concept since we developed the supreme unified theory of existence. I began my journey early in the morning. In order to begin the journey, I needed to connect the thread of my story to a thread of the grand story within which we all exist. There are different ways to do it. I put myself in a semi-auto mode as I travelled, mostly by our equivalent of walking. The scenery was a collage of different living stories as they ebbed and flowed. I could see events colliding, merging, scattering all around me. The end of the universe was a long way off. Or was it? That was the thing about our world. Since all stories are a part of the grand story at any point, we exist within or are affected by the stories of others. And we can travel through the stories of others. It is just a matter of connecting oneself to the right threads. I had connected to a new thread when I saw the time hawker. It was not common to see them and it was considered auspicious. I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to see the time hawker at work. So I stood there for a while. Eventually, they gathered their floating stories with their pole and with their iconic motion put the stories on the pole into their sack. This was followed by making a small cut at the base of the sack. The time hawker went on their way. Purplish dandelions started floating out of the cut portion of the sack. After this rather overwhelming experience, I stayed still for some time, just reflecting upon it. 
After a while, I continued the journey. A few threads later, I reached close to my destination. I continued walking. There was a woman at the edge of the universe. She was dictating something to no one in particular. The universe was collapsing and recomposing around her. I walked clumsily towards her, as was my usual way, and waited. I wanted to hear a story. She kept dictating. She did not make much sound. But I could feel the breath of information coalesce around her. The language, however, was unknown to me. She kept dictating at the edge of the universe and I waited to listen to the story. The universe kept collapsing and recomposing. It was evening, as you would say, when I started my journey back home. Time, or something akin to it, had elapsed. Yet, I was enthralled to her story. She spoke no language that I knew of, yet her words were seared into my mind. The edge of the universe was beautiful in its way. Narrative threads stretched across what would be the sky, intermingling multi-hued journeys. Some of them were lower, close to where I stood. Some even weaved around me. I glanced around once. She stood at the far edge, already a myth. She was back to dictating something, chanting perhaps. I slowly allowed my narrative to merge with one of the narratives weaving past me. I wasn't ready to leave, but it seemed like the perfect moment to do so. Home beckoned. journey and welcome to future diaries dear uh, messenger there are so many things i'd like to hear more about from your story okay uh where to start given the differences between our universes i think what would be most helpful for our audience would be for you to briefly introduce yourself and tell us a little about the world you live in how should we refer to you by the way hi antonis thank you for having me at this point in space and time and allowing me to be a part of your narrative strand. In my universe, entities recognize each other through their narratives more than anything else, as each character is themselves a small narrative entity. So you can keep referring to me as messenger, although in my universe, names and positions would not make sense in the same way as it does in many other universes. I am just one of the many messengers who inhabit my universe. Our main narrative motivation is to make sure information flows smoothly across different stories and narratives. Communication among different narrative strands becomes very important, especially when different stories impact each other. This is very different from any other universe we've encountered. I'm eager to know more now. When it comes to your universe, you mentioned the supreme unified theory of existence. 
Could you tell us about this theory and uh, what role it plays making sense of your universe? How does it affect the work of a messenger? Well, the supreme unified theory of existence, or as we informally call it, the playing and passing theory, looks at existence in different ways. We used to have this concept of the living and the non-living world, but there was always that debate about what is life really? So through stories, experiences and observations, we came across this concept of playing and passing. And in a way, that is what most of us are doing. This concept does not merely look at the so-called living things, but also things like an object or even a story. Say I am in a story. I exist within the story. But the story exists within a mesh of stories. It is being fed by other stories. It is growing, reproducing its own stories and even feeding other stories. It plays its part and eventually it passes on. It stops existing in its original form but ends up as part of other stories. It passes through the entities who have been a part of it. So in some worlds and universes, maybe the story would be considered something non-living. But we look at it through the lens of this playing and passing that is at the core of the supreme unified theory of existence. So the concept of living and non-living is archaic in our universe. I hope you get a sense of the interconnected nature of stories and narratives in my universe and the vast number of stories that exist. So it becomes important to ensure smooth communication between them. That's where we messengers come in. Wow, your universe sounds so figurative and yet somehow relatable to existence in my universe. Our universes must seem so archaic to you. In your story, you mentioned the importance of imagination in your universe. Could you tell a bit about the process of traveling through narratives, which you mentioned while talking about your journey? Archaic, a bit but familiar as well. Well, all entities in our universe have their own stories and narratives, and each entity is capable of connecting itself to other stories and narratives under most conditions. However, some can do it more effectively than others. But every entity brings something unique to the narrative strands they become a part of. Some entities want to travel through narrative strands often while others rarely do it. As a messenger, we are provided assistance from different narrative strands and entities that allow us to more effectively travel through narratives, since flow of information is important for the stories and narratives. However, in the journey I undertook, I was not traveling as a messenger, so it was a leisurely journey as well. Journeys as a messenger can sometimes become pretty hectic. Regarding traveling through narratives, there are different ways to begin. Some prefer manifesting their imagination to start the journey. Others prefer the slightly longer randomized narrative approach where they imagine the end point of the journey and work backwards, create a set of starting points which they act upon. Yet others use the simple and efficient method of contacting the public narrators to create a strand for them 
or as some would say, input their variables in the randomized algorithm. This can be imagined as the public transportation equivalent of our narrative structure. In both your story and from what you just said, it sounds like journeys are very important in your universe. And you talked about traveling by connecting to narrative strands. These narrative strands or threads, what are they like? And how do you connect to them in order to move through your world? I'd also like to hear more about the public narrators. What's their role in this whole journey? Narrative threads constantly weave around us, intermingled, multi-hued. You can sense them with your entire being. You can attract them through what you would call the mind. With a bit of focus, you can feel the essence of each narrative. If a narrative piques your interest, you can delve deeper. All this happens almost instantaneously. Of course, we don't want sensory overloads. So most of the time, we don't really worry about the narrative threads much. They are just there. I will try and explain this in a simpler manner, taking examples and themes from a universe that may be more familiar to many of our listeners. I will use references to what you call countries to make this more relatable to our audience based on my understanding of the narrative strand this is broadcast to. Say you are in the year 2050 in India and you have to travel to Germany in 2030. So what do you do? You find a narrative strand that shows a possibility of taking you somewhere around that place and time. Say you enter a story occurring in India in 2050. You try to find elements from that story that will lead you to your goal. See a character in the story has studied in Europe in her youth. Will you get into that narrative strand which carries her entire backstory? And now say you are in Europe in 2040. Say you have reached France. So Germany is close by and only 10 years away. You find another narrative strand. Maybe one of her classmates is from Germany and her childhood was spent in Germany in the 2030s. Well, there you go. You have traveled to the time and place. For traveling into the future, you can travel in the narrative of a character as you travel in real time. Or you can jump into another story which is set in the future. You can also go into imagined futures, but that can sometimes be a bit complicated. The nature of our universe means that different spaces and times are coexisting to stories. Often, there is no properly defined present, past, or future. Of course, this is incredibly oversimplified, and I hope entities in my universe do not get too upset at me for this incredibly simplified explanation. <laughs> to understand what the public narrators do, I'll again take an example from a universe familiar to our listeners. Imagine the entire fabric made of all the narrative threads is like the internet. Now you want to go from web page A to web page B through a series of links. But imagine the links are not there. How would you undertake that journey? Assume, of course, there is no search engine. One way the journey would be possible is if someone would create the relevant hyperlinks in web page A and in all the web pages that you would need to travel to reach web page B. 
That's what the public narrators do. In a way, they are like programmers, creating the necessary waypoints to enable journeys. You may be wondering how I am familiar with a universe that is different from mine. Well, some entities from our universe do communicate with entities from other universes as well as I am doing with you now. So, there is an exchange of information and this new information creates new stories as well. I can barely imagine what that journey must be like, but it reminds me of this concept of um, six degrees of separation that I've picked up in one of the stories from the universe we're broadcasting to now during my studies as a glider. The idea is that all people on average are six or fewer social connections away from each other. Only in your universe, it's not just the social connections between people, but the very narrative strands or threads of their stories across space and time. Fascinating. Wait, was it six or four degrees? Anyway, this was relevant, so I thought I'd bring it up. The Time Hawker seems like an interesting entity. What is the origin of Time Hawkers and why is their work important in maintaining your universe? What is their story? That was a really interesting concept about the degrees of separation. It sounds like a pretty close analog to how we travel through and impact different narratives. Time Hawkers are a collection of entities who ensure the hygiene of the narrative structure, so to speak. They are one of the safeguards in our universe. They collect discarded stories and make sure they are put to good use where they are needed. Sometimes logical inconsistencies can occur within stories. Usually these are harmless and occasionally they even create interesting new possibilities. But sometimes such inconsistencies can be a major risk to the integrity of the universe. The time hawkers have to be called upon at those times as well. As a messenger, I often have to travel through stories myself. But this was the first time I had ever seen a time hawker in action. The time hawker looked like the descriptions I had heard of them. They were oldish in appearance, but you could not really put a number to it. And in any case, their age, which is an archaic concept anyway, did get influenced by the stories they were operating within. But the worn out sack was there and so was the impossibly long pole which they held over them, whirling the sky taut. Bits of stories were sticking to the pole, discarded stories which would go back into the sack to be used elsewhere. The origin of the time hawkers is shrouded in mystery. Some believe they were one of the byproducts of the origin of our universe. Some say they emerged as a more defined representation of discarded stories. Yet others say they emerged out of the logical inconsistencies that they now manage. They have a mythical status in our universe. The image you're conjuring of time hawkers makes them sound so surreal. Many yet one, something of an amorphous and constantly changing being perceptually influenced by the stories and meaning they encounter and recombine. Here on Future Diaries, we're especially curious to learn about how people in different universes relate to their physical environments and the consequences of those interactions. So 
how do people or entities in your universe relate to a narrative environment? And in addition to the work of time hawkers, public narrators, and messengers, what actions are necessary to maintain a narrative environment? See, at some level, most existences have an associated story and a narrative. For instance, you have your own story and your own narrative. From the day you began your existence to this very moment and place. So you have a biological, that's how you say it, right? Yeah. So you have a biological existence, a mental existence, a spiritual existence, as well as a narrative existence, among many possible others. Say for instance, the narrative existence starts becoming the primary existence and the other kinds of existences slowly merge into that narrative experience, if that makes sense. In a way, each entity of our universe is so merged with their narrative that each entity almost becomes a kind of story themselves. As different entities interact with each other, it is essentially their narratives that are interacting. And these interactions between the entity narratives create the narrative environment. So the concept of characters or messengers or any other entities existing separately from their environment doesn't make sense in our universe. We are always already composing and being composed of the narrative environment. So caring for our environment is caring for ourselves. And I am using the term entity to illustrate the variety of narrative existences that can be experienced in our universe. Making an example which will likely be familiar to our listeners. Imagine you are a person who is walking. On the way, you pass a pebble. You have your own story and your own narrative. But so does the pebble. Both of you are entities in your universe, each with a story. Apart from the entities you have mentioned, there are others as well, such as narrative reconcilers, who get to work whenever there is a risk of a narrative or a story abruptly breaking down without achieving an organic end. They work with the time hawkers sometimes. There are other entities as well, who are more difficult to describe due to the limitations of verbal language. The most important aspect for maintaining the universe is having a level of honesty when different entities interact with each other. Honesty leads to more effective communication, at least in our universe. And that is very important in a universe driven by stories, narratives and interaction. Also, I would add that there are technical differences between narratives and stories. But for simplicity, I will not go into that. Whoa, there's so much to process in what you just said. Even though the universe you inhabit seems so abstract compared to ours, I'm nevertheless struck by the similarities between our worlds. It's clear we all take on and create meaning by interacting with stories about the people, places, and environments we encounter, whether tangibly in your case or abstractly in ours. And that caring both for the stories we tell and environments we inhabit is indeed self-care. 
That said, I know your world may still feel abstract to many of our listeners. So if there's one message you'd like our audience to take away from your story, what would that be? Firstly, let me express gratitude to you, Caitlin, Mike, and Antonis, and to all the listeners. All listeners will have their own stories, and it is a powerful experience to examine our own stories sometimes. And many of our most important journeys are achieved as a result of being a part of other people's stories. Concepts like birth, love, adventure, achievements, conflict, peace, this often come about when we become a part of the narratives of others or when others become a part of our narrative. This applies even in the case of a so-called solo journey. Since in a solo journey too, you interact with many entities. The pebble you have walked over in your universe will have its own stories. Just like you exist, so does the pebble. And at that moment, you have connected with the pebble through your interconnected stories. That is a really powerful message. Thank you so much, Messenger. You've certainly given us a lot to reflect on. That would do it for this episode of Future Diaries. And to you, our listeners, if you have enjoyed our show, please rate, review, and subscribe to Future Diaries on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed in your universe. You can also visit our website at futurediaries.show, where you can find additional content about us and the universes we come from, as well as subscribe to our newsletter and find other ways to support the show. I am Antonis. I'm Mike. And I'm Caitlin. And we'll talk to you in the future.